Welcome back to Let Me Be Brief. I am Andy Rieger of J. Rieger & Co. alongside my esteemed colleague, Mr. Matthew Basinger of Swell Spark. And today, we are going to be talking about trucking. And we are joined also by our wonderful counterparts of Let It Fly Media, who are producing this today. And of course, Hub International, our main sponsor. We love them. But now to the wonderful, wonderful guest, Chris, Freight Quote. Let's talk business. Let's us, do it. Tell us a little bit about Freight Quote real quick. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. So basically, Freight Quote's uh, based here in Kansas City. You know, we sell nationally all around North America, e-commerce platform with salespeople who do mainly inside sales. And so it's it's a great spot to be right now. And we move freight and trucks. The best thing about our trucking business, we actually don't own any of the trucks and we partner with all the carriers. And so really focus on technology and people. That's really our two assets. And it's been a formula that's worked and continue to think very highly of those two things kind of going forward as we think about our investments going forward. Freight brokerage, something that's hopefully well understood by everybody yeah. listening, but talking about yourself, are you a freight guy or are you an M&A guy? Well, I'm actually both. So I grew up in M&A and then I went to CH Robinson. And I did all M&A for them. So I've been in the industry for probably 15 years with a heavy focus on M&A. So you know, I consider myself both. I mean, I, a lot of people say once they get in the freight that they never go back. It's it's a great industry. It's big. It's fragmented. You know, technology is starting to really transform it and really and really change it. And we're on the forefront of that. You know, freight would always being known as a technology driven company. So, so it's great. I would I would tell you I'm I'm both. You know, I did M and A for a long time. I loved it, but to be honest, I like more of the operations being closer to the business, really driving the value afterwards. And it's been a great opportunity for me personally. And, and, and the team has done really well here in Kansas City. And I've loved being down here. So. And so since you joined Freight Quote as president, what has ultimately been the expansion that you've seen under your leadership thus far? Yeah, so we've done a bunch of things. So if you think about Freight Quote, really known for technology and a sales team, and we've provided them, you know, one of the great partnerships with CH Robinson is a bunch of other services to sell. And so now we can go to the market and Freight Quote with our e-commerce platform, you know, is able to penetrate a lot of different customers. You know, we bill about 60,000 customers a year uh, and they have a lot of different needs. And so that's probably been the biggest driver really helping not only our salespeople, but our customers. And obviously technology advancements, you know, some industry expertise from a, from a Robinson in. Uh, it's been a great combination. And then as an overall, we look to Freight Coat to drive what we call our small business segment. That's what we're the best at. And we're kind of exclusive in that market and it's different. And you know, we go after about 2 million small businesses and um, it takes a different approach to be successful there. And, you know, we continue to do well. We've got challenges in front of us as we think about what's been happening over the last few months, but feel really good about our model and our people. So... I, I, what I heard you say in all of that was once you go freight, you never go back. And I think that's what he said. But, you know, if you've worked or lived in Kansas City long enough, you know someone who works at Freight Quote, whether you know, understand what they do. But what I've always been impressed by is the company culture uh, of Freight Quote. And, you know, every time that there's these big competitions or, uh, you know, like I was at a wedding of a friend who, went, who was with Freight Quote and uh, like the whole table, like all they could talk about was how much they loved working there. And I know that oftentimes comes from the top, the top down, but how did you wind up in the position that you're in today? Yeah. So again, I, I ran our M&A team within CH Robinson. So I actually came down to visit Tim Barton, well, probably 2007. So it was, it was a long time and uh, a lot of discussions. And, you know, as we thought about a true partnership and really making both companies better, I uh, helped put the deal together. And then I ended up taking that president role about six months in. So I've been down here now. It'll be five years uh, since we've done the acquisition, about five years since I've been in the, in, in the president role. So it's been a great run. 
you know, I moved, I moved my family down here. We love Kansas City. I got three girls. It's a great spot to raise a family. And so not only from a business perspective, but the, but the family life has been great too. Yeah. What my background is a high school guidance counselor before I got into business. And, you know, the, the question of like, what do you want to do when you grow up? But once you go to business, I, you once, never go back. Once you go to business, right? you never go back. This is accurate. Uh, how does what you do at Freight Quote, how does that allow you to accomplish like your personal goals? Like what is it that you love to do within the world of business? Well, I like to I like to grow things. I like to bring it to a different level, see a vision that maybe people don't see. And, and I really love to work with my team and my leadership team to, to try to lay out something that maybe doesn't look um, obvious to people and really say, you know, this is something we can really grow. And along with doing that, you have a lot of great employees and they get career opportunities and a lot of people hopefully make a lot of money, you know, within our world. And you, you said it earlier, people are our main asset, you know, and we, you know, we've got good sales structures and commission structures, the, the more that we grow, the more our, our people make, which is a which is a big deal for us. And we think about, to your point, all the people have worked for Freight Code over all the years, um, you know, our, a couple of our leaders who've been there a lot longer than I have have made all these stories about helping people pay for their mortgages and their kids. And, you know, it's been, it's been great. And, you know, as we continue to invest and we continue to hire more people and um, I think the job is getting better and better. Uh, and to your point earlier, we focus a lot on culture. We have teams of the sales that are really close. And I would tell you, and one of the challenges we have now is how do we continue to maintain that culture and the environment when we're basically working from home? So sure. it's one of the things I work with my leadership team a lot right now. And I feel like talking about COVID just a little bit, I think there's been this true, maybe finally understanding or appreciation of the logistics industry. Have we realized mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, were it not for the truckers on the road, were it not yeah. for the ships coming in, we what would yeah. we do? Um, how has business been for you during this, uh, dur- during the COVID season? Yeah, I mean, we again, because we're so focused on the small business, we had a big dip going into April and a little bit into May. But I would tell you now we're, we're doing a lot better. And there's a few things for that. One, just general reopening. Two, the fact that we've got an e-commerce platform, which is the leader in all the industry. And three, we got salespeople that have a lot of relationships. And so it's enabled us. We are growing faster than the market right now. The market's continuing to come back up. You know, we're getting back into more growth mode. Uh, we just announced that we're going to hire a new class here in August, which we'd put on hold like most people had, but that's a pretty big deal. Um, you know, we're sending messages to our employees that we're going to continue in, you know, continue to grow. So I think we're looking at hopefully it's sustainable, everything we're seeing, and there's obviously a lot of questions out there, but our, our business has come back faster than we probably thought, to be honest, and we're having the, the, the pains of, of kind of going through that. But it's been, it's been good the last month specifically in June. With some of your employees obviously working from home right now, have you noticed any lost productivity in this time period? Yeah, so I'd say it's mixed. I'd say you have a lost productivity, and then you have some gains. I mean, you'll hear some of the employees talk about, I used to drive 30 minutes to work both days. That's an hour in the car that I wasn't working, that I can actually be more productive at home. And Or you'll hear about, yeah, you're in the office, and there, there's a lot of good things about that, but you, you know, go talk at the water cooler, and you have a lot of different interactions. And so um, I think that's... On the opposite side, you don't have as close connectivity with your mentors and your managers and other people to help teach you and help you out with different issues. So it's it's really a balance. What I, what I would tell you what we've seen is our top performers have actually done even better. Wow. But I think the ones who need a little bit more coaching, ones who uh, who aren't as veteran and haven't been around as long, is the ones that really need some help. So our managers spend a lot of time virtually with them, and that's something that we're going to have to try to figure out whatever long-term model that we end up in. Do you see yourself going back to the original old model or do you see yourself finding some hybrid between what it was like during COVID and what it was like in the olden days? I think it's going to be a hybrid. I I, I don't think. And, you know, we're mainly inside sales and everyone worked in the office and we did create this very team environment, which made everyone, I think, stronger. But the reality is I don't I don't see that happening for all 
uh, all different reasons. And I think it's actually opened our eyes a little bit and actually forced us to get better at working remotely. Um, and so we're thinking about what that hybrid model is once we get back to, um, you know, a more normal state, which may be a while. Like right now, we're, you know, we're totally optional and we actually encourage people to work from home, but we're essential. So our office is open, but, you know, 10% of the people are in or maybe 15%. We can all space out and be very safe, but that's really the option of the employee. But I do think this is going to change not only our industry, but a lot of different industries. And so what's cool about that is in the inside sales, you can do that from home, right? So we've already got that model down. And I think as we think about some of the talent that we're going to bring in, I think we're going to track from other industries that maybe we're less fortunate through some of this, uh, some of these changes. And do you see yourself modifying your office, downsizing a little bit as part of this new model, you know, increasing safety precautions and adding construction elements to your office. How do you really see the physical space of welcoming your employees potentially unfolding? So we've done all the standard stuff now on signs and sanitizers and spacing and, and, and all of that, you know, because we have people in the office, we have a large office. And so what we're going to have to think about in, in our old model was fairly dense. We're not going to be able to do that going forward. So we've talked about spacing people out. We've talked about every other day. We've talked about, a whole bunch of models. But fortunately, we do own the building. We're in a good spot there. We're the sole tenants. We have some flexibility. Um, And I think we might need some of the space just based on what you know, the new normal is going to be. So for now, we don't, we're not forced into making any moves, which is good. Um, you know, and we've been very happy about that space and we've been really, you know, it's a great location, everything else. So for now it's status quo as we think about what's the longer term plan. I have, uh, getting away from COVID and talking about something different that's changing in your industry, at least something that's always fascinated me are electric vehicles. Mm-hmm. What do you guys really have an opinion on with trucks as they're really looked at as the big emission leaders more or less yeah. and everyone's trying to make those become the true electric vehicles first. How do you think that's going to change your industry? Well, I think you got obviously the the, the passenger side and then you do have the more truck and, and there's a lot of money that's, that's going after it. And so that's pretty telling as people look at the industry. I think it's a little bit more medium term and long term. And I think it'll take pieces of the market that really makes sense. Um, a lot of the local stuff, the more complex stuff, um, I think that we're a little bit ways out. I think you're going to have some hybrid model where you can have, you know, the driver, maybe not physically driving and we can get away from some of those regulations. So I think over time it's going to have an impact. I don't see a huge impact short term because the market's so big. Uh, and we get that question a lot. And I'll, and I'll answer it to my employees. I said, I think, you know, it's going to continue to transform and that that will continue to take market share. But the fact that the market is so big, um, I don't think it'll significantly impact us in the short term. And when it does, we want to be a part of that network of making sure that those electronic vehicles are together. And because we don't own the trucks, we got some flexibility to do that. Chris, we could talk business for hours, but the purpose of this is let me be brief. I want to end. So Andy and I, we both cultivate experiences. Um, you know, the J. Regan Co. Distillery is an amazing place to be and share time with friends and family. We have axe throwing and escape rooms. Um, but having said all that, what is the coolest thing you've ever done? Coolest thing I've ever done? Yeah. I went uh, bungee jumping in New Zealand. That's probably mine. And and I hate heights. So terrifying. Ter- like, was ter- it cool terrifying. before you did it, or it was like the moment you finally finished it? You're like, okay, that was that was pretty cool. I was scared to death doing it, <laughs> and I can't believe I did it to this day. And my family can't believe I did it. And once we hit the ground, and the best part about the story is, as we were on the ground waiting, the group in front of us came down, and the one guy was kind of like this. And we didn't know what happened. Well, he hit the ground and face planted. He was so scared, he passed out on the oh way down. And this was right before I actually got on the airplane to go up there. So I, I still, still tell that story. That was, you know, Holy smokes. amazing. Well, Chris, thanks for spending time with us. We appreciate what you're doing in Kansas City. Thanks for being on the show. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it.